Welcome, everybody. This is the 2300 Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, D.B. Richards, alongside my sweet D referee, Dave Keener. Hey, how's it going, ladies and gentlemen? So, you want to hear who we have on tonight's show? Who do we have? So, on tonight's show, we have an ECW, another ECW original, because we had Chris Hammer on not that long ago. And I had mm. Bay Ragney we had back Bay Ragney in the day. Bay will be back on again in the near future. Oh, in but a couple weeks. Right now, we have Sign Guy Dudley, Lou E. Dangerously. Hello, Lou. Guys, what's going? happening? What's happening? Very interesting crew of people, Chris Hamrick and Chubby Dudley. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very well, interesting we, crew. We had Chris on a couple weeks ago, and we asked him the rib question. He's like, I do the fucking ribs. The whole time, it's all me. It's always me. <laughs> he's a good guy. He's a funny guy. No, he's so, a great uh, guy. Like, yeah. we, we hung up with him, and he called back two minutes later. Is he ready to go again? <laughs> <laughs> Standard. Uh, oh, yeah. No, he's great. Love Chris. So, um... <laughs> when I talked to Bay and Bay told me um he hanged out with Stevie um, Richards and um not, we're not related. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna ask that, but I guess you just answered it for me. Yeah, we're not related. <laughs> My mom's from okay. England, so we're the Richards, you know what I mean? Got it, got <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. The the Richards? The Richards, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Bay told me like um the first time meeting Paul Heyman and he goes, Oh, I'm all fucking Dudley. So, how was your first moments meeting Paul Heyman? Uh, you know, I met Paul before I was uh, before I was sign guy. I uh, had expressed interest while I was in college to promote shows um, because ECW at the time that I was in college, which was ninety one to ninety five or so, they just start running toward the latter part of that time I just mentioned, and they were doing small buildings, and um, I had found a high school that wanted to do a show, and they put me first. I started working with Todd Gordon on it, and uh, you know Paul gave us a lineup and everything. But the funny part is, I had never met Paul. You know, I was a ringside photographer and doing like um, I did some of the early fan cams and stuff like that. I also wrote for the program, but Paul and I had actually never spoke. I was working more through Gabe with all that, and um, so when the show got a date and the show got a card, um, Paul called me <laughs> in college in my in my uh, college apartment and uh it was a very surreal moment because again hadn't met the guy just just he called me and uh we had a great conversation i mean you know we talked for probably close to two hours the first conversation um just about my love for the business you know and uh he was familiar with who i was in terms of writing and stuff like that but just didn't know me um so i told him i said the next show i'll come up and he'll properly introduce myself which was at kennett square um and that's what I did. We, we had a great interaction uh, from the start. And um, once he got to know me more, he started giving me a lot more access to, you know, finishes and matches and angles that were happening so I could properly capture them, whether it be on still photographer or still photo or, um, or video. So that, that's how it started with him and I. And I had no further aspirations past that. I was very happy. <laughs> so... And obviously, it grew to something different. But first interactions were just that. It was pretty awesome. See, our um, one of our engineers, producer, um, engineers. Um, his mom drove a lot of ECW wrestlers around. Do you remember um, Mo or Maureen? Oh, Clark? of course. Yep. Yeah, 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 for sure. She passed away a couple of years ago, two years ago. Uh, I'd be three years and like 
Yeah, three years so ago. So her son George is one of our producers and engineers here with us. So and all the stories that we share back and forth, he's like, "Yeah, I remember that." I'm like, "Yeah, I was there too." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So George, driving guys, driving guys is half the fun. I did that also. So <laughs> right, um, yeah, we did it for a couple of shows too because we drove crazy Steve. Yeah, that was fun. That was cool. <laughs> he was he wasn't crazy. <laughs> no, he was awesome. He was nice. <laughs> but yeah, no, um, you know, it, it, it's funny how much you actually. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, go no, ahead. Fine, no, I. It, when I start, I was asked to do that several times as well when I was a photographer, and I did it. And it's actually me and Gabe, and we always drive like either Cherry Funk or um, well, it's mostly Funk actually. I mean, a few other random guys here and there, but um, that was awesome. I mean, the stories you get without um, asking, you know what I mean? It just kind of goes. George is over here uh, nodding his head at everything you're saying. <laughs> he's, he's nodding like. I, I I got paid to go pick up Te, um, Teddy Hart one day, and oh, yeah. oh that was that was fun. And I'm like, so it's kind of awkward. You want to talk about anything? And then he goes, I hate Matt Hardy's gimmick. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> and it just goes. It just starts. Run with it. No, you know, I spent I spent some time with Fonzie actually, and Luna when she was in Terry. Um, Arn when he was in for like two shows and then I mean eventually worked together in WWE but still um, it's good it's good experience and everybody talks about that when you're actually in the business and performing per se or as a talent and you're all driving together that's where a lot of knowledge is shares and shared and when um, when I was in the business as a performer and you start traveling with the boys and you know I went through you know my main guys were obviously the Dudleys but then it was like Dreamer and Carino and CW there's a lot of road stories, and a lot yeah. of fun, but that's you get so much knowledge there. Oh, yeah, big time! It was kind of funny. Yeah. Um, George, George's mom, like I, like this is the first time meeting his mom and all that. And she's like, "Oh, I have stories about Eddie Guerrero." I'm like, "Yeah, sure." <laughs> like I'm like, yeah. "Okay, yeah, you know Eddie Guerrero." Fingers up in the air right now. <laughs> Say the same thing right. about like when my brother got married. I, I don't know if it was at the wedding or not. But when my brother got married, like AJ Sparks was there and Harley Lewis and Derek Domino and all the guys was there at Ken Porter and Karina was there. And yep. Karina was my brother's best man. And all these fans walked in and they're like, oh my God, is that, oh my God, oh my God. Like it's like an ECW guy was at the wedding and everybody's like freaking out, walked out there and autographs and everything else. So it was like kind of weird, but cool. It's like when I went to Brian Sosa's wedding, yeah. and I'm sitting at the table with Billy Bax. Oh, my God. No, I, I really know Billy really well. <laughs> I know George so well. Um, <laughs> I went to school with him. <laughs> we played street hockey in the backyard in Chichester. And, um, you know, I, was only at, I think I was only at one wrestling wedding that I can remember. Um, it was Dreamers. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I've unfortunately been to more funerals than weddings. I mean, yeah. Oh, rock, gosh. Yeah. Part of the wrestling <sighs> business, but um, – yeah, dreamers for sure. I know it was a that was a good one. A lot of fun. Um, I can't remember anybody else's, so I'm probably offending somebody. But, <laughs> oh well. Sorry, I don't know your wedding. No, was I there? <laughs> but yeah, the wedding part is fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. <laughs> so like, <laughs> so I'm we're named after the ECW arena, and I would like to know a great story about the arena. Um, it could be anything or walking in there and go, oh, this looks like crap. Like Hemrick <laughs> did. It's like, 
are we in the right place? Chris said. <laughs> uh, you guys have to remember, man. Or, or, you know, I started there. That's like, I never, like, I was lucky. You know, I was lucky to get access to any of that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. so I never, you know, I, I've seen a lot of people walk in there and say, holy shit, this is a piece of shit. But it's, you know, it, for me, it was always a very special place. And uh, the first time I actually was ever there, um, I was writing for the program. I'm sorry. The first time I was ever there was as a fan. Mm-hmm. Um, in 1993 for a super summer sizzler, I think it was with Eddie Gilbert and, uh, God, he had a chain match, I think something like that. But when Eddie was still Booker for ECW, it was his last night there. It was the night actually Paul took over, but I was there as a fan. And, um, from there, um, I had met Gabe and I started writing for the, the, um, the newsletter, <clears throat> I'm sorry, the action wire, which was their program. Cause I was writing in college. I thought it would be cool to to try wrestling and you know he had me go cover shows when he couldn't make it down from boston and i remember there was a insane ice storm one night and going down there and basically like opening the door and slipping into kevin sullivan and nancy um oh. rest her soul <laughs> it was very embarrassing so it's like hey i'm i'm this guy and i'm supposed to ask for todd you know how people are in wrestling they're like who the fuck are you so anyway who? um but yeah I have a lot of great memories there. In fact, I brought my daughter. I have two daughters. They're now um, 11 and 15. And my 11-year-old has uh, – she likes wrestling. She likes, um, you know, the women in um, in WWE. And so she is familiar with my past. She doesn't really put it over to me at all. Like, she doesn't care, but I think she does. <laughs> um, and I brought her to the arena one day. And it was, like, during the middle of the week, and nobody was there. But, of course the back door was open for some reason so i was able to bring her in there and it, it took me back to a lot of different places man we did a lot in that building and you know i think the comparison i often give is you know we were nirvana to wrestling and so when you're looking at that building and thinking all the things that we did in there and these four walls it's pretty crazy so i still try to go back and just look at it i think i performed like twice in there since ecw went out of business okay. um so but I mean, it's, it's a special place. And yeah, I was run down. I remember us, you know, setting up the ring for barely legal. I went down the day before to help Mikey and his crew and they're painting the floor and the pay-per-views the next day. Oh. <laughs> like, they're, they're, they're trying to make this thing look good for TV in less than 24 hours. Cause you know, when the pay-per-view company got there, they're probably like, what the hell? You but know, I'm going to go back work. and watch that pay-per-view. Yeah. I remember going back when um, Tommy started running HOH. And I went back mm-hmm. in the building. I'm like, wow, this whole yeah. building has changed. And then I walked up to um, Doring. Doring was doing the commentating. And I'm like, hey, Danny. He looked at me like, who the fuck are you? I'm like, Keener's little brother. He goes, little brother? Holy shit, dude, you got big. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, no, right. I, haven't, I haven't been there for Tommy. You know, Tommy looked like he was doing it really well, too, before the um, yeah. before the virus hit. But um, We did not yeah, miss I've heard. Yeah, yeah, no, I uh, I heard it changed a lot. The last time I was there performing was for Trent Acid tribute show, so that must have been eleven or twelve years ago, I guess. Yeah. Um. So yeah, yeah. but again, walking my daughter through there was pretty awesome. On a brighter note. <laughs> so my my son was about I think when Anthony was like four, no, he was like twelve when we took him there the first time, and he's like, "Wow, Dad!" I'm like, "Welcome to." such an iconic building and he had fun it was cool and walking around i'm like yeah go say hi to tommy and tommy's like looking at me wait where do i know you 
Mike Mike Peter's <laughs> brother. Yeah. Sand Sandman walked up to me on the one show. He's like, PWF, you were the ring announcer PWF. I'm like, yeah. He's like, Keener. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, oh, I can't walk around. That's funny. <laughs> do you remember the night? Do you remember the night of PWF when the ring broke and Sandman and I did like a stand up comedy bit for like oh half an hour time? <laughs> Holy shit, was that bad? <laughs> that's that's up there with Rob coming out as the FAG. Yeah, we were. That was brutal. That was so bad. I don't even know how we did that or why we did it. Oh. I was bored. I think. So, <laughs> hold up! Hold up! Hold up! Um, what? Frank Cody told a story to us, and um, he wrestled Rock and Rebel the first um show for ECW. And, ECW. And then um, and then he said, "Oh, the Stan Hansen story." Yeah, and okay. then he said, oh, yeah, I'm supposed to wrestle Stan Hansen to his old trainer. He's like, leave now. Go. Don't go back. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so Cody, Frank Cody just got out and left and didn't tell anybody. And that night, um, um, Donnie, Donnie Allen got injured. And they both got injured in the match. <laughs> Frank Jeez. Cody's like, thank God. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you want to be around that. <laughs> it's it's the ECW arena. So amazing stories coming out of there. You know what I mean? I did there run is, in. You know, I'm I'm surprised no one's done like a documentary on. Unless they have, and I'm not aware of it. But just the arena itself, because there's a lot there. I mean, you think about what ECW did, and then like XPW was there, and like CCW was there. Or they're all mm. there at the same time. There were all these like wars going on. I remember like <laughs> XPW had called. Me and Jack, I don't think I've ever told this story actually, but called Jack and I, Jack Victory and I, when mm. I was now working for like the Flyers and stuff. And they're like, we want to run this building every Saturday. We want to program it with concerts. We want to do all these things. And Jack and I went down to meet with them. And you know, none of that actually happened, but <laughs> there was, as, as it goes in wrestling, but um, there was so much like fire around that building at one point. I mean, it was God. It was, it was like every weekend there was a different company. They're running two shows a day. Mm hmm. Like you talk about, and, and at some point it becomes overkill. I mean, it seems like it was overkill pretty, pretty quickly, but you know, I don't know. It seemed like uh, the weirdest experience I ever had there was when we ran ECW WWE there. That was, that was different for sure. Yeah, I remember that. <clears throat> I don't remember that. Yeah. One show. One show? I think it was yeah. when Big Show was champion. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. I know uh, yeah, I don't, I don't remember who was champion, but I know I was there. So, because I know TNA did something there. Um, I didn't go. To that oh, that's one. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think everyone's I mean, gone through there at some point. I mean, PWU was there maybe yeah. every other week, and we were there for that. And I mean, it, it was fun. You could see Trent and Johnny and a whole bunch of other people. They even did a Star Wars wedding there at one time. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm not surprised. I know they right. didn't do the Eagles ring ceremony there like four years, whatever they won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Okay. The yeah, after party was like at the 2300. Yeah, something like that. They, oh, did, they do a lot of ultimate fighting in there. Yeah. And that place is being through the ringer. Yeah. That's, whoever steals that idea, please give me credit because somebody needs to, uh, <laughs> to, to document that place. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Man, all them four, the four walls right there will talk big time. Oh, yeah. For sure. And George is like shaking his head. He's like, yeah. Yeah. So, can you hold on for a minute? Dave had to get up for a minute because his son's on the phone. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you very much. Hey, can you pause it? Mm -hmm. Yes. Thank you. Sorry about that. 
Okay, we're back. Okay. Um, so, um, <laughs> you want to start off? Go ahead and answer the question. Your turn. So, do you have any, like, I know one of mine is, like, I have a pet peeve that when I, I watch people rap and stuff like that, shirts not tucked in, they only have the full on black shoes. Um, do you have any pet peeves with wrestling? Wrestling currently? Or yeah. just, just anything, anything, general, anything that you or anything, or you can do well, currently. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm I'm a big fan of storylines being built over time, and I don't see that much in wrestling. And here's the thing, too, I don't watch a lot at all, so I can't really speak to to much. Um, I just kind of know when the things I keep up to tab or up to uh, speed on are the guys I talk to. It seems like a lot of things are rushed. Um, yeah. Right. I always compare it to the Dreamer Raven storyline, which went on for years, but they found ways to always keep it fresh. And I know it's at DCW, and I'm comparing it to you, but the NWA in the 80s did the same thing. I mean, how many iterations of the Four Horsemen, Magnum and uh, Dusty and all these guys and Rock right. and Roll and Midnight Express, like they were able to keep things fresh and people kept coming because it also wasn't so overexposed. And, you know, I think that's, you know, obviously the problem now it's, you know, social media hasn't helped wrestling, in my opinion. I think it's it's hurt it. Um, I mean, that's a two-way comment, actually. It's good for creating awareness and for letting people build yeah. um, their their character quickly. But that's the problem. It's quick, and it gets paid off too quickly. And also, it ruins, like, you know, the surprises, per se, um, which I think ECW was really the last company that was able to survive, survive through that, I guess, you know, because yeah. the internet had really just <clears throat> started coming out and being popular and we had embraced it with our our cyber um whatever it was called um show um, cyber called? slam cyber cyber slam or something yeah, yeah whatever it was, it was yeah, but we would do the we would do the um the fan conventions and stuff like that for the internet and that what well, we embraced it and i think there was some good respect there but now it's just kind of overblown so i guess the, my short answer is i think things are rushed i think a lot of the guys look the same um, honestly, you know, everyone has a beard, it seems, and a lot of guys wear the, <laughs> the same kind of clothes. And, has a beard. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like, I don't, again, I don't watch enough of it. When I see it, I'm just like, that guy doesn't look any different than the person I've seen. Yeah. The last yeah. time I looked at it. What I do think the positive, though, is I think like the women have just become amazing because they do have identifiable traits, characters. Mm -hmm. Their matches are fantastic. They have um, a persona that you know. Um, that's been developed, and I think so. There's, you know, good and bad, but I think a pet peeve for me is rushing through things. Honestly, I do. Yeah, and, I, agree. Uh, I agree because we're we're kind of helping out with a show coming up in Atlantic City, and I'm like, hey, I think these two guys would be great together. Let's do a program with them. Well, I don't know who they are. I'm like, I do. I've seen them for years. They're, they're veterans. I think they would work great together. Mm -hmm. Put them in this little thing, and then have them do that at the next one. Yeah, uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean that's that's the mentality of a lot. I don't, you know, I don't know who you're talking about per se. So I'm not bagging on them. But that's right. the overall mentality, just in general, that things aren't given enough time. I think there's there's too much product on TV. I don't think there's a reason to have so many shows on TV. Um, and, and look, I know the reason. It's a business. I get it. Like, yeah. so I know the reason. But right. I'm also a fan of like you don't need so much. Like, <clears throat> I know AEW, I believe, has two shows. I'm not yes. 100% sure, but I mean, they're a new company and it's like, they could probably get a lot more if they were a, a little less. That's just my opinion. And WWE has, you know, a ton. You know, I, I would say the same thing about them. 
Um, the whole less is more thing is great. That's what I yeah, I believe in. Totally believe in less is more. I also, and that's in, again an old school mentality. I think they need um, less pay per views. Yeah. I, I just think all that needs to. It doesn't mean as much, you know. And when I was working for WWE, my job was to promote the pay per views, and mm. that's tough, you know. When you have one a month, and then you have the at the time when I was there, it's four pillars, you know. So it was always Royal Rumble, Mania, Survivor Series, and SummerSlam mm-hmm. were your pillars. But there was always other pay per views around that too. So it was, it's quite a lot, and I know it's the same. Um, and then at the same time, you're trying to do that. You're trying to promote shows, you know, live TV on Monday nights, and yeah. sometimes live TV on Friday nights. And then I was out of there by the time NXT came around. But then you have a third show, you know, and it's just like, and there's like another NXT show online, I believe. I don't know. There's just a lot. <laughs> there just seems like a lot. And I don't know if it helps expose the guys or not, because it seems like a lot of the guys, unfortunately, are just caught in a lot of clutter. And uh, I mean, that sucks because you need more guys to come through. You know, and when I right. say come through, I just don't mean in wrestling, but <clears throat> I mean pop culture. <clears throat> That's why, again, I'll compare it to ECW. ECW as a whole came through in pop culture. The company did. It wasn't about one guy. Yes, we had top guys. However, it was the product. And I'm always a big believer in the brand. As a marketing guy, I believe the brand has to come through. And uh, I think some of the other companies would come through more if there was less of them around. I agree with Or you. less product around, so question when you were with WWE um was there like two pay-per-views for one for Raw and one Smackdown when you were there uh I think so yeah the other oh my gosh that was so much (laughs) yeah there was also the ECW thing too because I was there when they restarted ECW so there was that too which was you know that didn't last long but then I got when that went out of not out of business but when it kind of got absorbed yeah. Um, then I start working on the on the bigger shows, but yeah, there's there's a lot. Us wrestling there's fans forget about the ECW WWE moments. <laughs> what is this? I, what is a mummy walking down you. the ring for? <laughs> I was in Trenton that night. That was brutal. Um, no offense, no offense to the kid who did it, but oh, but you know what ECW ECW WWE did serve one purpose, and I and I firmly believe this. And you take my personal relationship out of it. CM Punk got a lot of exposure there on TV. Mm-hmm. It proved him to be a viable person, which, you know, at the time, I don't know if they thought that was going to happen. Yeah. And he came out of there in a great spot. I'm not saying that was because of ECW, but I'm saying he then had the platform to have some exposure um, as, as a guy that probably would have gotten buried elsewhere um, or buried further down the lineup and not given a shot. He was given such a huge shot. And he parlayed that, you know, forward and deservingly so. I know. I really, really want to know where is Dudley Bill on the map? Because I'm still Who? looking for it. <laughs> I like York. I like traveling to see different areas, but I'm still looking for Dudley Bill. Where is it? One in, I think there's one in Massachusetts. I have a picture by the sign somewhere. Oh, really? That Stevie Richards took of me, actually. <laughs> so, I forget. I forget. It's up. It's somewhere up 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 north from Philly. But we were traveling, and I don't know why, but we, we actually ran into it. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> Whoa. It exists. So, but yeah, that, that's apparently, uh, I don't think that's the idea of where Paul would have it. He'd probably have it be in the dark, or the deep south or something. But <laughs> <laughs> Next to um, Taker's home. Definitely. Probably, probably actually, something like that. It's actually five miles outside of Parts Unknown. Oh, Parts and, Unknown. Yeah. I know that place. I've been there once. <laughs> No, I have a, we have a friend that's a wrestler. He goes by Ethan Essek. And I was going down somewhere in Jersey, and, like, I look, 
I stopped to pull over because I do Uber. And I looked yep. up, there's a sign that says E Estic. And I'm like, oh, I need to take a picture of that and send it East to him. East Estic, New Jersey. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, oh, I have to send it to him. He's like, where's this at? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm lost in Jersey. <laughs> yeah, I got the hang of driving around Jersey now. Yeah, no worries every other week. Jersey's Jersey's tough. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, them roundabout things, and you're like, oh gosh, are we going around in circles again to get over here? Yeah. I actually didn't escape them because they have some in Vegas, not like the ones in Jersey though, but they do have some here. Oh gosh, I remember this, going to uh, Jersey Old Pro, and like we're trying to lead the whatever um, venue we were at, and we're like leaving. They're like turn, and it's a fence there, and I'm like. Where are we turning it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, hey, it's <laughs> like, why are we going to a fence for? <laughs> That's funny. That's Jersey. <laughs> um, so we have this question here, and it, it's kind of a good one, and, and people really enjoy this question. So it's a table of five. You're the fifth person. Pick four other people to be at the table with you, live, dead, doesn't matter. Famous, famous, not famous, not famous here, whatever, but you're the fifth person, and then you pick four other people to be at the table with you to like, have a beer with or go have dinner, something like that. It, it's kind of like that show on what A&E or AMC called Dinner for Five with the host John Favreau. Yeah, no, totally, totally familiar. Yeah. Um, and it's a question I've actually never thought about. So, um, Kirk Cobain would be at that table. Oh, uh, oh my God. <laughs> My my yeah. cousin will enjoy this question right there. Yeah, no, Cobain would be there. Uh, Jim Morrison would be there. Um, now I want to diversify a little bit. So maybe like Gordy Howe, like a good hockey guy. I'm a big hockey fan. So now you have wow. Gordy Howe with Kirk Cobain and Jim Morrison. That's going to be a hell of a <laughs> so, conversation. So there's there's a lot happening there. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I want to get into the whole jersey thing because like um, wearing jerseys and all. I do not wear um, hockey jerseys ever again. Because when I was a kid, back in the 80s, I wanted a Dave Poulin jersey. You know he got traded? Dave Poulin, yeah, number 20. Yeah, he got <laughs> traded on me. And my dad's like, they didn't finish, they didn't finish putting the, um, the jersey together. Do you want somebody else? And I'm like, yeah, Brian Prop. You know, he gets freaking traded a couple of years later. And yeah, I'm like, yeah. and then I'm like, why am I going to wear a Brian Prop jersey? He's not a flyer anymore. I only yeah, know. Yeah, jersey foul and, now. And then, right. and then I was like, "Can you just put Terry Cartner on the back of that and make me happy?" Did that and person get traded? He, he left a long time ago after that, but all right, he stayed so, a little bit longer. But that, that's my um, jersey story. I do not wear jerseys with names on it because it's against the rules. You got one more person. I don't. At the I table. don't. Hold up. Hold up. Right. And I don't even put my name on it because I don't want to get traded out of Philly. <laughs> yeah, you do that, you'll get traded. My wife's the same way. My wife's the same way. She guys, we have a ton of hockey jerseys here, and she never wants to put anybody's name on it. And because I think she put um she put one of the knights on it, and he got moved, and I forget who it was. Um, I'm not going to go look now, but I hear you. I hear you. Um, I'm going to replace Gordy Howe though with Terry Sawchuck because Terry Sawchuck was a old school goalie who was a badass, mm-hmm. and I think he might relate better to Cobain and Morrison at that table. So oh, wow. Gordy's going to. Gordy's going to take a pull. Um, last one would be like James Dean. Ooh. That's a very diverse. So I got a hockey story for you guys. So we're at the Avalon Country Club one day about five, six years ago, and Jim Gardner's behind me in line. Yep. And, and then 
the, the guy's talking, the guy in front of me is talking to the other guy, and the guy behind the counter goes, did you have a great game, Mr. Perrant? I'm like, oh, Bernie Perrant. Really? Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. So oh, you never know really what cool. you see. So that, that was true. cool. Yeah. That's yeah. very cool. I had something like that. I was at um, New Jersey All-Pro, and the promoter comes up, can Madison Rain get in front of you? And I'm like, yeah, go ahead. And get in front of me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And the whole time she's like, I'm so hungry. I've been waiting to get something to eat. And, and I'm like, oh. There's nothing in the back? No, <laughs> they didn't have anything back there. It looks oh. like. Because I think, she, <laughs> yeah. I think she was trying to get something like fruit or I don't know. Right. So that leads into the next question then. Oh, what's the next question? So what was the catering like when you were in WWE? Oh, catering. <laughs> catering <laughs> pop. WWE was awesome. <laughs> Everybody Amazing says catering. Well, there's, there's a side story in this question. We're hanging out at HOH one night, and Meanie comes out thinking, everybody's saying, oh, Meanie's in the match, Meanie's in the match. No, Meanie yeah. comes out, grabs the mic, he's like, I'm not in this match, I'm just here for the cheap pop and catering. So that's where our catering question kind of came from. <laughs> that's funny. That's Meanie. That, that's Meanie, right. Oh. No, so maybe catering was great. I think ECW had catering once in its entire time. And Paul's <laughs> like, nope, we're taking it back. What was it hot dogs? I, I forget. I forget. What, no, you know what? It was actually, it was at a, the paper, Living Dangerously in Asbury Park, of all places, had catering. And I don't know why they had catering. I think we had either just signed with TNN or something was happening that day that they wanted to give us food. And it was really good. It was really nice. <laughs> So I remember it very well. Other than that, me and Dreamer would go to like Denny's, and that was our that was our catering. <laughs> we would we would always like the Denny's in Essington after the ECW shows. We would always walk in to be the whole entire crew in there. Into where the Denny's in Essington by the airport? Oh my God! Yeah, there yeah. was that, and there was a, there was an old school Shoney's there. That I don't right, know, I, don't wanna, I know it's not there, but. No, yeah, we did that in the You still don't want to go to Denny's there anymore, no. anyway. No, it's horrible. <laughs> Ugh. It was bad then, but it was it was what it was. We went to uh, we used to go to the Oregon Diner a lot. Yes, we, that's where we go. That, that's where we go. Yeah, yeah. We, we went in there the one night after Hoh, and it was the night Big Cass had the seizure. Oh yeah. And, oh shit. Yeah. And I look over and I see Bubba and his wife sitting there having dinner. He gives me a nod. I give him a nod. I keep walking. My guys are like, "Hey, let's go." See. I'm like, "No, keep walking." Yeah, they're, they're yeah. not. <laughs> I kept walking. I don't. I don't. Yeah, well, it wasn't you. It was the other guys. They wanted to go say hi. I'm like, not while he's eating. It's the, it's the other people that come with us to the shows. Right. I'm like, be respectful. Gotcha. Let him eat. I felt I felt weird. Like um, at one one time at the diner, and behind me was um, Davy Richards and um, the Young Bucks. Okay. And I'm like, I'm wearing um, the American Wolf shirt and all that, and I'm like, this is just awkward. I have a bald head. He has a bald head. Feels like I'm copying him, but I always shave my head. It just felt weird, you know what I mean? And I'm like, yeah, guys, have a yeah, good one, bye. Because yeah, I don't want to mark no, I, out no. and because I'm a fan of his and and Eddie Edwards, but yeah, Eddie's cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think look, all the guys are cool. I just think it. I always ask myself or used to in those situations, like what what's going to come of this that's good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? So sometimes nothing. Oh yeah, <laughs> and right. You know. I hear you though. Do you have any like I have like an autograph book of Bret Hart, and I framed uh-huh. it and all that. Do you have any pieces out there that you have that you enjoy? Uh, like, mine are all sports. Mine are all sports. Oh, um, tell me what it no is. No wrestling. Uh, 
I mean, I, I'm a huge hockey collector, so I have uh, I got four uh, Sidney Crosby goal pucks, pucks that he scored in games. Oh, my um, gosh. Can I, I have, be on your uh, will? <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's it's quite a thing because I I, I yeah it's no but you can't be my will but <laughs> no there's a lot, I, I I collect tons of of hockey memorabilia so and I I always have done that but over the last like I think five or six years it's primarily goal pucks so goals are scored in yeah. games yeah and then um I collect the young guns cards because those are like go up in value and oh my gosh you know, pretty, I remember pretty that. decently. I guess if I had to nail my favorite piece, so I don't – fuck, that's tough. I don't. I have a Wayne Gretzky game you stick, which is pretty up there. Oh, my um, gosh. Why aren't we friends? <laughs> I, have... I don't want you to take my stick. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm a huge horror fan, and one of my favorite pieces up there is I have an autographed They Live poster from John Carpenter. That's, that's cool. awesome. I'm a, I collect horror, too. I have a, a room in my house that has – my guitars in there, and then a lot of horror stuff. Um, I, I, have I have a that. lot of like I like Danielle Harris. She's uh, I'm a mark for Danielle Harris, so I have a lot of her signed stuff. But Nobody other than Danielle that, Harris's, I do. <laughs> she was in oh, the new yeah. Halloween movies. Yeah, yeah, she was in the Rob Zombie one, right. the original yeah. one, yeah. four and five. So yeah, yeah. Um, and I also have an autographed poster of uh, Bruce Campbell. Army that's of oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's awesome. And I, I'm a huge. Funko Pop Collector. Yep. And I have a whole room of them. And I have a Jay and Silent Bob signed Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes. That's cool. That's awesome. So that's cool. I have, I have so much of that stuff. I mean, I have rooms. Literally, that there's a hockey room, and I'm just trying to think what's down there. My kids are in there now. but Oh, my gosh. That's go freaking look. awesome. That's yeah, great. but I always did the Crosby goal pucks and then the, the Gretzky stick, and then um, I don't know. Those are Those are pretty good. Um, I have about 60 pucks. I just can't, that were scored in games, but <laughs> wow. four of a Crosby. So three or four. Across. I think it's, that is... wait, is it three or four? Fuck. It's, it's four. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to remember. No, cause I just got one. And I forgot to count that. So It's crazy. Yeah. I love sports. I love my Philadelphia teams and all that. Philly's all the way, baby. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> yeah. My favorite wrestling piece though, is I have the guitar that Billy smashed over my head in Peoria, um, the, the actual guitar he used that night. Because for some reason, which I'm thankful for, he hit me with the guitar. The guitar exploded. Security got it and threw it under the ring. And then I was just out at the end of the show, like an hour after the show, and it was still there. So I was able to get that. He signed it for me. So I have that. That'd be my, my best wrestling thing, the, the, the one thing I would never sell. Yeah, yeah that's pretty cool. I, I wouldn't yeah. think you would sell anything like that. That's amazing. I love, I love I, I've got, yeah, I've gotten rid of a lot of my stuff only because for one thing I like, I need to finance other hobbies. So I'm, <laughs> I'm really, well, I'm really weird about it. Like I have to sell something to buy something and it's just how I, I don't know, it's how my yeah. brain works. But so if I sell like a Dudley thing for 500 bucks or whatever, then I can take that and buy a Crosby thing. And, that's just, and I'd rather actually somebody who's a fan have my stuff. Cause my kids, like I said, they really don't care. I mean, they have, I have the first shirt I ever wore, a sign guy, and I have some glasses, Dudley glasses, one that Bubba gave her, and then just some other random stuff, and that's really all I've, I've kept from ECW. The rest of the stuff I, I usually just get rid of if I find it. Um, yeah, so, which is awesome because there's so many collectors. Like, there's, there's three or four collectors I, I've dealt with on Instagram, and the, the stuff they've collected is amazing. Like, yeah. it's insane. 
yeah. And and really really cool. So that was a long answer to your question. Oh yeah, I, I, I that's all yeah. right. I collect um DVDs. You know what I mean? I buy movies like constantly, and I'm getting right. into the horror world because like I'm not big on it. I'm more of action and. Spence films, you know what I mean? See, Murders. Yeah, totally. I, I, I've always been in the horror, and since I became a horror actor, because I work now at the Bates Motel in Haunted Hayride in Glen Mills. Oh, you had a great That's awesome. Okay. That's yeah. awesome. And seeing people come, like Chandler Griggs came through last year, and nobody noticed it. And yeah. that was pretty awesome. You had the cast of um, um, Walking Dead walk through there, and they were That's scared. Yeah, Chandler yeah. Griggs came through with them. Yeah. And that was cool. That's very cool. That's and very cool. Then, and they're like, wow, these guys scared them. So that's why we're one of the best <laughs> in the world. <laughs> Except me. I'm the one that ribs him. And I go in there and I go, hey, Dave Keener, how are you doing? And that's the only time he went out of character. I got him. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like trying. I'm like. Ugh. Because we're family. And you I, see I got us. off the wagon and I walked away. And like, he got me. <laughs> and now, now I can't go through there and nope. because. I've done what I had to do, and I will tell the story today. Because we got rid of the hayride because of COVID. Uh, how 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 on your family and you doing since this whole COVID thing going on? Um, I mean, we're fine. I think uh, I feel bad for my kids who are well. One of my kids doesn't mind. One of my daughters doesn't mind being stuck at home. Mm. Um, the other one minds greatly, so I, I feel <laughs> bad for her. Yeah. Um, yeah. but I mean, you know, we're fine. It's been, uh, it sucks. And the entertainment business is fairly decimated for now. Yeah. Um, but we'll come back, you know, I'm not, I'm not worried about it. Uh, well, I know it's a lie. I mean, I'm worried about it. I just, I'm worried about how many people are, are impacted right now, but there'll be a road to recovery and there'll be, you know, the business will boom again. I just think it's going to be longer than people think. Right, yeah. Especially after what happened with Brody. So that, that one kind of hit. Um, my well, that was horrible. Yeah, 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 yeah. Was terrible. My brother's handicapped. Um, I'm going to tell you a hockey story about him. <laughs> he 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 was born with spina bifida, and um, he he used to, he has braces and all that stuff. And I remember he always wanted to hang out with me and my friends and play. He wanted to play with us, but the crutches right. and him trying to stay up and it was kind of crazy. So I was like, let's try something. I put the hockey pads on him and. Yeah. Put, put the jacket on so he can like, and the first thing he said, "I'm Gobert the goalie," and <laughs> <laughs> from Mighty Ducks, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now he's like thirty something years old, and he's he's in a home and all that. And I haven't seen him since January from last year, and it uh, hurts. You know what I mean? Tough man. Yeah, that's tough. He, he really has, tough. He has a lot of medical problems and all that stuff. And I am planning on um, giving a kidney to him, but I'm waiting for this whole thing to be over with. Right. Yeah, yeah. Make sure it's over with, because it's you know I know um you know I know a couple of nurses out here and some some friends of mine back in Philadelphia as well, and it's fairly brutal. And yeah. I don't think you know, I don't think everyone's taking it like they should. I can just tell, you know, I can just see it. Um, yeah. But everybody's got to do their part, and part of the reason we're talking about this in January is because you know people didn't do their part. Um, yeah. which and I, and there's a lot of politics I can get into, but I won't. Oh, just I totally in general, understand. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, just in general, I think that uh, you know, my buddy called me. My one of the guys I work with in December of last year, not in December of twenty nineteen, 
and said this COVID thing is going to be worse than anybody thinks. And I, I was like, no way. And fuck. <laughs> Here we are. So he always gets right. on me about that. Not, not that I could have done anything. Almost a year later. At the same time. Yeah. No, it's been a year in March. So for me. Right. Well, you know, we, we run shows out here for Cirque du Soleil, and it's like they don't yeah. – we haven't had a show since March uh, 15th, I believe. So, Yeah, <laughs> I just bad. came back from Florida, and one of the things we wanted to do while we were there was go see the new Cirque du Soleil show, and like, yeah, yeah it's canceled. Like, yeah, right. it's right now it's – um it's well, it's not going to be canceled. It's just not running. It's not completed. Right. We were in the middle of middle of production and right. rehearsals when it, um, when it went down, so – It'll be there. We have we talk to Disney all the time. It's just a matter of when it's going to be safe to be there. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. We loved our vacation down there. It was beautiful, and we had fun. But a lot of the things we wanted to do, we couldn't do. So. Yeah, yeah, I know. Sucks. I hear you. Yeah, That's kind of like what Las Vegas is too right now. So. Right. So we were doing this. I was doing. We um changed everything around. We changed our podcast name and all that. We were going under the name of the Insigori podcast at one point. And um, right. nobody knows how to spell Insigori. So that's why we changed yeah. it. Mm-hmm. So, it's a good idea. As a marketing guy would tell you, it's probably not. It's a, it's a cool name. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe you can do the Insigori moment or something during the podcast. So we, yeah. we changed it to 10 Wrestling. And it's the Insigori Network. And Got we it. just say 10 Wrestling. And <laughs> so like, uh, and we're like, Okay, nobody knows how to spell this word. Okay, cool. And then uh, my my old po- um podcast host um he goes, I really don't care about doing interviews. Um, can we um split up and I'll just do like um WWE stuff and AEW. And I right. was like, okay. And he's like, dude, you like the arena so much. Why you don't call it the twenty three hundred? So that's awesome. So yeah. I was like, yeah, that's not bad. Like we were, we were playing around with a lot of things and. I was like, that's not a bad idea. And then I went to um, Dave here. I was like, hey, Dave, you want to be my co-host? I need a co-host. He goes, I don't want to talk all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, now we're here to what? What, 100 episodes? What are we at? Oh, my gosh. I don't know now. Um, we hit 31, so um, this will be the 32 episode. 32 and episodes? Wow. Since we did it. So, yeah. Change. But I, we've I been. Mean, started, we started back in September. I started wow. back in um, 2017. No, no, yeah. I mean this one. This one, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, it was like one day, like, after this virus happened, and we're like, man, I had to cancel all these um episodes because um I'm not trying to, like, get anybody sick here if I get it. So, I've been in the house for, like, three or four months till, was it May, George? Yeah. yeah right. It was May, and I was like, Dave, I don't have it. You don't have it, right? Because no, we haven't left the house once. Hey, you want to you want to start doing this podcast thing? And then we started buying up all this equipment, and we got a mixer. And, and all I, that I called a buddy of mine who's actually going to school to be a sound engineer, and he, he checks on my equipment daily and stuff like that. And he just left us yeah. to finish school, and and we're playing around. I'm learning how to edit now, so it's kind of cool. And I think that's awesome. You guys have to get to the uh, you know I've done. I did two interviews in the last month, uh, not including yours, and the other ones were their Zoom interviews, and they're cool. You know, I think that um, people are adapting to them slowly, but it's been, uh, well, not slowly. I think certain media has done a really good job with it. It's still a tough form, though, because then you're watching something for 
an hour versus, you know, it's easier to listen to a podcast. Right. Uh, See, like I'm driving. I like to listen to me over and over again. I don't know why. Yeah, that's what I heard. (laughs) (laughs) But like, I like to try to change up and say, "Uh, do I sound horrible there? I don't know. And then I, then I try to fix it. And then, then I listen to me again. I'm like, I'm horrible. I don't know what is going on. <laughs> and then I look at Dave Keener, and then I'm like, oh, that's why. <laughs> hey, hey, you that's made your funny. debut at commentating table a couple months ago, so. Oh yes, that go. was that was fun. That was fun. That I didn't know anything about the women wrestlers, but um, I just know she went. She lived in Westchester, and I was like, hey, nobody likes going there because you get pulled over by cops. <laughs> <laughs> we we sat in with uh, David Adams, who was the ring announcer for Hardcore and TNA. David Adams here? Yeah. yeah. And coincidentally, a friend of mine, and I'm like, hey, why don't we sit in for the match we're, we're sponsoring? He's like, sure. And I'm like, all right, cool. We sat in on the match. We commentated. DB had fun. I had fun. I always have fun doing it. But it was cool. And it kind of was reminiscent of I went back and listened to like old... PWF stuff when it was you and Brian Regal at the table. And yeah. it was kind of fun to try to remember things. And so I was having a lot of flashbacks when we started talking about it. And I'm like, well, yeah, it was back. funny about that is that Steve asked me, I had never done play by play. And he asked me to do play by play with Brian, not when we were at that, that ballroom, it was some other show. Academy and, Hall? Um, no, it wasn't there. It was some, I forget where it was. We were up on the stage, and uh, I literally didn't know who anybody was except for, like, a few of the guys. And I told Brian. Brian had just met me, and I seemed like I feel like I was so unprepared. Like, literally, I was pumping gas, and Steve called me. He goes, can you, can you come up and do play-by-play at this, show, at this show? I was like, sure, when? He's like, well, I knew it was in Reading. Because uh, he said it was in Reading. He's like, it's in, like, three hours. And I was like, all right. Normally, when you do play-by-play, you get, like, a booking sheet. You know who everybody is. Like, you know <laughs> you know what you're going to say. And, and if you ever – I hope you guys actually never find that fix. I'm calling guys by their wrong name. And then I just made it into a gimmick. I, like, on the spot with Brian, I was like, dude, just correct me and make me look bad. Because then it's just like I really don't care because that's the whole character anyway. Oh, my gosh. That was freaking awesome. I like oh, that. That was great. Like, we're, so we're helping out. on the spot. <laughs> we're supposed to be helping out with this show at the show about Atlantic City next month. And I'm like, all right. Because I'm sitting and commentating with that. I'm like, all right, as soon as you get a rundown going and everything else, give it to me, and then I'll go from there and make my notes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll take my notes, too. Out the door. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how many signs did you have when you put up because you're a sign guy? <laughs> oh, God, probably hundreds. I mean, I uh, I changed them for every every time we were on TV. I would have eight or eight to 10 at ringside. So I didn't always use them, but uh, yeah, easily hundreds. I don't have, I have, uh, I think like 10, 10 left. I kept the, kept some. What, um, what is your favorite one? Um, so my favorite one was this sign that said me and it had a, 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 a hole cut out in the middle that I just put my face in. <laughs> and it, had a, it had a me written with an arrow pointing at it. That's um, great. My favorite story, though, is I had a Dudley 316 sign that was written by Steve Austin when he was in ECW before he did Stone Cold uh, or Austin 316. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that was funny. And then 
um, yeah, there's a lot of, there's some ribs on those signs and we had some fun with them, <laughs> but, um, I got in trouble once Paul killed me for one that I wrote, but I kind of fucked that up. That was my own fault, <laughs> but <laughs> whatever. <laughs> so, yeah. So there's a lot, not, not many left. I don't know who has them. Out of all the matches from when you were in ECW or PWF or CCW or whatever, do you have a favorite match that you like that you did? Um, I'll start with PWF. I was a big fan of the bull rope match with Carino and Jack. Yeah, I love that match. Oh yeah, um, I remember getting into those. Yeah, it was fun because we put it together, and it was just like all you know. We all had some really good input, and it was. I thought it worked out really well. I liked a lot of the stuff we did in PWF. Actually, there was a lot of good things. That was that was one of them. In ECW, I would say, um, and I've said this a lot before, but it was the night we broke Eula's neck in um, oh. in New Orleans. Um, that was my favorite angle. That was my favorite everything because the heat we got, like we had to get escorted out of the building. I mean, we were going to get fucking killed. So, I mean, um, I, it was, it was a... I remember the bull rope match at Sunnybrook between Steve yeah. and, and Jacko when it went yeah. outside, they almost went into the pool and it came back inside. And everything. Do you remember, it was <laughs> do you remember the night that Trent hit the chandelier with the suplex and they kicked us out of the building. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I remember we lost the building because of that. Right. <laughs> uh, what a night! You know that's the thing, though. I mean, Sunnybrook was fun, and that was a fun little group of, of guys that I thought, you know, that was my only time I got to work with Trent and Johnny, like in that capacity, um, which I was always big, big fans of theirs, and I just liked the guys, and and I had, you know, you know, Steve gave me a lot of just kind of do whatever I want stuff, and which I appreciated. Right. Um, we had a lot of fun. I mean, it was really fun. And the moment that you know that it's working is when someone recognizes you outside of it. And I remember speaking of haunted houses, I was at a haunted house with me and a bunch of my friends and somebody came up to me. And this is, this is after ECW. This is only when PWF was on the local TV and they recognized me from PWF. And I was like, fuck, this is working. You know what I mean? And like, it didn't go as far as I thought it could have for, I mean, everybody, you know, eventually Steve moves on and, and, and I actually don't know how it ended, but I know I had to leave because I moved to Colorado. So <laughs> that was the end of my time. But it was awesome for the times we were there. The I, I only, really enjoyed it. The only thing that killed me about PWF, and granted, yes, I love the fact that 400 people came out on a Wednesday night yeah, in the yeah. middle of Pottstown. But the only thing yep. that killed me was leaving the building at 1, 2 o'clock in the morning and having to be up the next day at 7 a.m. to go to my day job. Oh. Yeah, well, that's that's like <laughs> wrestling. I mean, that's just like it's funny because when I when I was my early years of sign guy, I mean, I was making fifty bucks a night, so I couldn't. I had to have another job. My other job was in radio promotion, and there were nights where I'd have a, we'd be at the ECW arena in front of whatever the real capacity was, twelve hundred, and you know I would be banged up, and I'd have to do a radio promo the next morning at like seven. Mm. So it's like you talk about two different like extremes, no pun intended, but right. one night you're the main event or whatever at the arena. The next night you're making sure the mascot gets into the appearance <laughs> safely, you know, but I mean, that's what we all did. We all made sacrifices. There's a lot of guys who had quote real jobs during that time that eventually got jobs within the company doing other things, which was, you know, like a lot of guys worked in the merch area. I was a promoter. Bubba was a promoter. Dreamer designed shirts and kind of did everything. And, I mean, everybody was working there at some point. Um, and so most of the guys that were on the East Coast, that is. So that eliminated the uh, the mascot wrangling. 
Honestly, <laughs> you no, know, I do security for the Phillies, and I'm the guy on the first base dugout, so I'm the guy that gets messed with the fanatic every game. Fun stuff. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, do you have a, a Vince story, like a Vince McMahon story? Um, well, the first one that popped in my mind was one of my first interactions with him, I think. I had met him a few times when during when ECW was on Raw, but that was more of like, hey, hi, bye. Right. Um, you know, him and I, I did all the fan access stuff at WWE, so we would interact over that. And all I can really say is he was always really supportive of of me and the team working on fan access, access in terms of the ideas and concepts. Yeah. And yes, there were very tense moments where right. he was not happy. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> And you knew that, but he also was very congratulatory when, you know, he'd see the final product, see the budget that we worked with to make it happen. And, you know, I remember him singling me out in the hallway one day, which you're walking down the hallway at WWE, and it's like, it's you and Vince. So you know you're stopping, you know. <laughs> it's like, there's a little anxiety. They're like, fuck, what am I going to say? <laughs> Thank God he spoke to me first, so I got out of that, got out of that situation. But, you know, I dealt with him, you know, a bunch of times, but not like every day. And certainly not in the realm of talent. You know, I never, I don't know that side of him mm -hmm. um, personally. So my, my stories of him were always very, very supportive of what we were trying to do in terms of fan interaction, which yeah. obviously they still do on a bigger level. So um, I'm happy it still works for him. Brian Sosa is a friend of mine. Um, he um, did some stuff for WWE and he's like, yeah, man. Um, I went into um, Vince's office and I took a pen <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Incidentally, Brian Sosha, if you remember back when JBL was doing the big celebration, the big show came out and Big Show put this small little scrawny guy through the table, that was yeah. Brian Sosha. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Some guys are you know, look, again, I didn't deal with him as a talent, so I I only dealt with him on the business side and I know it's two different worlds. Yeah. So right. oh, but yeah. it was tough. It was extremely tough. But um rewarding at the same time. I mean I learned a lot, so yeah, it was kind of cool learning from Brian too. Brian became a um, radio guy in um, one Philadelphia. of the biggest in the Philadelphia area, and then he just recently don't have that job anymore because yeah. don't know why he's number one in the market, and they just let him go. It was weird. Yeah. But he's got his. Podcast, There's a lot of layoffs so. in radio, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, a lot of lack of advertising and things like that, which suck. And it, ultimately, right. the talent's always the first to go, which is yeah. not always the right the right thing. Oh yeah. oh yeah, but they were number one and. They were bringing in money, and boom, they let him go. It was like, it was weird. God. Yeah. yeah, but he was telling me, telling me, um, like, catering and all that stuff on the podcast. And I was like, oh, this is great stuff. And, <laughs> and he's like, yeah, Triple, um, Triple H sat down next to us, and we talked about music the whole time. I was like, wow, I would love to sit down and talk about music with somebody. You know what I mean? It's amazing. <laughs> But like stories like that with the Vince and Stephanie and all that, it's kind of fun. Yeah, to I mean, hear. I just always, yeah, it's you know, look, I had a I had a great relationship with Stephanie, I, I you know, and Shane as well. I think uh, I was there. I had left right before uh, uh, Triple H got into his role, so I really didn't work with him at all. But you know, as far as Stephanie, I mean, those guys are always good to me, and that's yeah. how I, I look at it. You know, I, I can't can't live vicariously through other people and their dealings. I can only know what I, I know. So I remember um, reading that you got the job there and I was like, Oh, that's awesome. Congrats to you. 
I didn't know yeah. who you were, but like I knew who you were being in wrestling. I heard thing, that, but like that's pretty awesome. That is very awesome. Like I, I, I was supportive in a weird way, and it's like, yeah, oh, that's great. Yeah. I know who he is. He's signed yeah. guy. I know his name. Okay, yeah. and then congrats to him. It's like it one was, of my favorite. Uh, it was good. Yeah. One of my favorite storylines was bringing back the Dangerous Lions. So I had yeah. to say that is awesome. How did Louie dangerously, dangerously come? About, um, about, yes. actually, yeah, yeah. It was actually um, because I had long hair and wore it in a ponytail most of the time when I was in the back, and I always had a hat on, which is exactly what Paul used to do <laughs> as well. Um, people would literally come up to me and mistake from behind if they were like approaching me from the side or from behind or whatever. I heard that they would, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wore, I walked right into that one. But anyway, they <laughs> would tell me they would think that I was Paul. So. I remember like multiple times people grabbing me like, Hey Paul, can we, and then they'd see me and like, Oh, you're not Paul. You know what I mean? <laughs> so and it, it happened. It happened so many times that, uh, when, when sign guy, when I knew the Dudleys were going to be done and I was, I was going to stay in ECW. Um, I had kicked it to dreamer as like, we should actually do like Louie dangerously. And he agreed. Um, we just needed to wait. Like, I think we waited three months before we, we tried it out and we tried it out at the arena of all places, um, which is obviously the hardest place to try anything out, but nothing like a tryout at the arena. But so, you know, the fans will be very, very cool about it. I know they were big fans of CW Anderson. <laughs> oh, they love yeah. CW. Look, yeah. he was, uh, he, he, he worked his ass off too, you know, and I think we had a good thing, you know, it just, it never got to where it could have. Um, for a variety of reasons, but nonetheless, like the time that we had together was was a lot of fun. I'm still amazed that people even remember it. Oh, dude! Because um, most people, yeah, most people remember Sign Guy, and that's it. You oh, know? Right. <laughs> it's yeah. Just like, yeah, yeah, I don't get too much on. Yeah, <laughs> no, I mean, if you were there the last two years of the company, I mean, we were the kings of hardcore TV because mm-hmm. we were never on TNN, but we were always on hardcore TV. <laughs> so uh, it was awesome because CW could work. I mean, he had amazing matches against Sabu. Tommy uh, too against Kid Cash. Yeah, well, the matches with Tommy were awesome. That that just worked. Yeah, well, I mean, um, him, so. and, him and Bill. When him and Bill were teaming up, oh yeah, were, were great. Like, yeah. I mean, like I said, I can remember being towards the end and hanging out in the back. The other the other funny story was I was at the Cyber Slam, like I said, and I'm in the back hanging out with Karina because I walked in with my brother, and a buddy of mine from when I was living in Wildwood was in line. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm having a beer with New Jack and Karina. I'll see you later. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, huh? Karina's like, like, Dave, come on. I'm like, okay. Bye. But, um, That's funny. But my friends were the CW fan club out there cheering them on. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah they, I just talked to him earlier this week, actually. I didn't just text, but I mean, we still keep in touch. Yeah. yeah, we had brought him for him in for ECWA back in 2017, I think, or 16. Mm-hmm. And we were at the factory. He was we were doing a um, seminar type thing during the day. We went to eat, and it was really cool to sit there and have a conversation. It was me, him, Bobby, uh, Bobby Shields, and somebody else, and my brother. Fun times. <laughs> Okay, I am a big fan of road trips. And Dave knows I love second his road trips. Second time tonight? Yes, second time tonight, because I love bringing up this story. 
It's the greatest story on earth. So Dave's like, So yeah. do you remember when we had Gangrel come in for PWF? Uh, was I there for that? I, I think so. It was Academy Hall. I think it was him and Dylan Knight. I think. Um, I can't remember. I don't remember it, to be honest. So, but sorry. So, <laughs> we're, DB tells the story all the time. We're in the car all the time. We stop at the store to go get food, and Gangrel falls asleep. That's it. So, the story of it all was like, hey, Dave, we want to try to do interviews with wrestlers. Do you have any um, road stories or something? He's like, yeah, I got a great one. So I'll tell the story better. <laughs> and, and he goes, yeah, I got a story. Me, my brother, Gangrel, we're driving down the road, and Gangrel fell asleep. And I'm like, and? And he goes, that's it. That's the story. So that's <laughs> that's where the story makes fun. He, he doesn't want me to tell that part. That's how everything started. I'm like, oh, that's great. So a lot of people go up to him now and go, hey, do you hear a story about my friend and me driving down the road? We fell asleep. <laughs> and... It's the amazing. Rib. It's, it's the rib that keeps on going. I know it sounds like it. <laughs> That's why I go to his house at six o'clock in the morning and beat the horn. I'm here. That's so funny. <laughs> so, do you have any road stories that you can like keep people out of? But tell the story; it'll be fun. Um, I don't know if I. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of. Uh, um. Everything's not PG. Oh, so dude, we're not PG. Yeah, and you no, got fucked at least five they're, times already. They're also, so. they're also not funny if I don't include people. You know, the one I can <laughs> tell you, um, I told it. I told it to WWE when I did the uh, the Dudleyville interview thing, but they never used it, which is fine. Because they asked me the same question, mm-hmm. and the 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 one thing I always go back to is that Devon and I and Jack Victory were um, traveling together, and we Jack had just met us. I think it was his first show in. And he literally just ran into us at the airport. And I knew who he was um, from his time in world class and whatever. And so I just said, if you want to ride with me and Devon, like, hop in. So he rides the whole loop with us. You know, it's like the whole loop is two shows. But anyway, <laughs> it's, uh, it was like, I actually think it was three or four. We had done, we were doing a lot in Louisiana at the time because it was doing really well. And I knew Devon was afraid of snakes. And <laughs> Louisiana is like notorious for snakes. Right. So I kind of like I clued Jack into the to it. I'm like, look, I know you don't know me, but like I like to fuck with Devon a lot, and he starts laughing. I'm like, so if you can just go along with me on everything I say for this little trip we're doing, that'd be awesome. And Jack's like, he's in. So the first, <laughs> so we land in New Orleans. We have to drive to Baton Rouge, so only an hour away. And then we're gonna drive back to New Orleans and stay in New Orleans. So driving to Baton Rouge, and I'm, you know. I started hiking the angle up a little bit. I'm like, yeah, I mean, we have to make sure if we get a hotel room that our hotel room is on a very high floor because snakes get in the hotel really easily here. And Devon's like freaking out. He's like, what do you mean they get in the hotel rooms easily? I'm like, they just do, you know, because they're just like, they live in the walls. I'm just lying my ass off. <laughs> and, and Jack's going along with it. I was like, Jack, I mean, you worked in Louisiana for years with, with all your, with UWF and everything like tell him he's like yeah Devon it's bad it's really bad like they're in sometimes they're on the sides of the roads like in cement you don't see them because they're cement snakes like we were fucking <laughs> chilling them so on the way back from the show like and that was really all I was going to do on the way back from the show like we're, we stop at a, a somewhere to get gas and they're getting gas and I run in the store and there's a rubber snake <laughs> I'm like oh fuck I was like this is 
I'm going to propel this thing into next level. So I buy the snake, the rubber snake. And I tell Jack, I was like, this is going to be, just go with this. So we get to the hotel room and all three of us would stay in the same room. That's because we all, you know, we're covering our own expenses and whatnot. So, um, the hotel gave us a high room because Devon like requested that. And it happened to be that the room was on the same level as the swimming pool. So you could open your door and walk right out to the swimming pool. So Devon's like, fuck, I'm going to go swimming. So he goes to change and I get the snake and I put it in the, um, the sliding door. And I, I lock the sliding door and I rig it so he can't open it. So he has to look down at the snake. And so Jack and I like we're laying in our bed. Yvonne's all happy, you know, he's, and we, we were watching him. He goes over to the door, and he starts trying to open the door. And all of a sudden, he looks down, and he jumps from <laughs> the window on the jack's bed, on the my bed, ran out screaming down the fucking hallway, then comes back in the room. He doesn't know what to do at this point. He doesn't know what to do. He picks up the phone starts trying to dial 911 from the hotel room, which you can't do because you have to dial like 9911. Yeah, you know? And uh, he went ballistic. He was like like so scared. And that's, that's, that's kind of how the story ends. But um, to this day, when I hear from him or he texts me, I always send him back the uh, a picture of a snake. <laughs> and I know there was... And I know at one point there was... Uh, there was something that they did on WWE. It was like famous road stories or, or something. And he, he told the story there too. So I know he remembers it well, but he, uh, <laughs> we blasted him pretty good. Cartoon show on the network. Somehow. Yeah, there was, some, there was yeah. something like that. It was a good story time. Yeah. Yes, I yeah. think I saw, yeah. And it was in a book too, I think they did. But anyway, that was, uh, that's a PG one. I mean, that was just funny. I mean, the other stuff was more like, you know, we just do stupid shit to people. Somehow, <laughs> somehow just... I have a plan. Next time Devon's out there doing yeah, autograph sessions, gonna... I'm going to get a picture of a snake and, and have him sign it. Yeah, just, just tell him that. He, he, gets, he gets pissed at it now. <laughs> it's so funny because we got him so good. Like he, And he tried to top it, and he could never get us. Like, Walk into the con and say, Lou, tell me a story about you. Motherfucker. Yeah, can yeah, you sign this snake? The <laughs> don't know the story. This is the snake the he told me about? The rubber snake? <laughs> no one ever got him since. <laughs> oh, oh, gosh. That that considered road trip and rib at the same right. time. You know what I mean? Boom. There's a lot. There's a lot. That's just how we were. I mean, road trips are road trips. We just do stupid shit in hotel rooms, you know, put uh, saran wrap over the toilet so if you went to go to the bathroom and shoot back out you're like oh, you're stupid shit George does that to himself all the time right George yeah <laughs> we rip George all the time every time we see him that's fun now he's not that's wearing funny. a pink shirt anymore so we're happy <laughs> it was a he had a white shirt it was um it was what was it Kane. um cane shirt and he put it in the wash and it's With pink red. And, and we're like, you know how to do wash? It looks like you use a red shirt. And he wore it everywhere he went. And um, so we just picked on him for a long time. Now he's wearing a black shirt. And I was like, now that looks better on you. <laughs> we still rib on him, though. Yeah, anyway. Nothing wrong with pink. <laughs> nope. uh, back in time. If we can go back in time, like, would you do it all over again or start sooner or... Oh, no, I know I do it just as I did it. I, uh, I was lucky, you know, but you know, a lot of it's just hard work. You know, I put myself 
out there to, to try to be, you know, initially it was just being a writer and a, and a photographer. And I was very happy with that. Um, but I've stayed in the entertainment business my whole life, you know, and it's never, and it started there, you know, so, and it started in college promoting concerts and stuff like that. And it's just, I've always just stayed, uh, stayed true to it. And I think the road that I've been on, I, I, there's a lot of lessons learned for sure, but I, I can't change. I wouldn't change anything. Maybe, maybe one less concussion. That would be good. <laughs> what, what college did you go to? Uh, University of Hartford in uh, Connecticut. Wow. Okay, that's kind of awesome. We were talking to Hammer yeah. in the one show, and, and they asked a question. He's like, motherfucker, do you know how many chair shots I've taken? So yeah. I use that too because I just do podcasts, and it's like, you know yeah. how many chair shots I've taken? I don't remember everything. <laughs> None. <laughs> so we're going to go right into the Battle Royale. The Battle Royale? Yes, Dave does this thing called the Battle Royal. So he has 20 people or things or objects or whatever he wants to do. I don't know. Reading Rainbow, um, read you a book, whatever. Uh, it's story time. It's story time. So let Dave do this thing, and this is his so just It's like one word or... A small little small story. Little story, sentence, or something about him. And I mean, right off the bat, I'm going with Fonzie. Love Fonzie. Fonzie always looked out for me. That's that's the one thing I'll say about him. He always. Uh, I'm not going to be able to give one word on a lot of these guys, but uh, they're. Uh, you can he say always looked out for me. Yeah. 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 No, I mean he's he's a he's a great guy, and yeah. I always I loved him. I loved working with him. He always smartened me up in situations, and you know he's just a good guy. He always looked out for me. One of the guys who keeps in touch with me, you know, years later, you know, after this after the business. So that's so awesome. He's a great guy. Yeah, Mike Keener. Who's that? <laughs> Mike's the best, most reliable ref I know. Him and John Finnegan. Yeah. Um, I have to I have to put them in the same sentence because when we were when we were in ECW for the Dudley specifically, and then for CW and me, we got usually got to pick our ref because right. um, that's just how it worked, and we'd always pick one of those two guys. And John was really good in certain situations. Keener was really good in certain situations, but. Where I really got an appreciation for Mike was after the fact. Now, now don't get me wrong. I had appreciation a huge one in ECW. But in PWF, when I saw the creative side and things that he never really got to do in ECW, I thought that was pretty awesome. Right. So I think he has a, a great mind for the business. And, yeah, I think uh, both of those guys are – I lumped John in there too, but, but Mike's a great guy, great mind for this. Funny side story. All three of us work for Citizens Bank Park as security. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, yes, they do. When Mike works at left field gate, I'm on the first base dugout with the team, and John's yeah. one of the supervisors walking around. Oh, I knew, I knew John was there, and I, and I thought I remember seeing Mike there too. So that's that's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's a cool gig. That's a um, cool gig. So next is a friend of both of ours who we lost, I think, ten years ago. Trent. Yeah, you know my. The one thing I'll say about Trent is that he, uh, I mean, there's probably a lot I can say because I, I did get to know him pretty well toward actually the end, but he, um, one of the guys who had all the talent in the world and, you know, will be one of those guys that you're always going to remember what, or, or think about what could have been. Um, right. You know, and, and addiction is very, very hard. So, you know, none of us will know the battle he was fighting him because we're not him, yeah. but it's tough to overcome. And I do know that. And I do know that he, um, He's a great guy. He's always nice to me. Um, we got along really, really well. Uh, I always thought he'd go far. So, 
that was pretty sad. It still is, you know. It's, oh, yeah. it's not Don't like – yeah, and look, I, I still go back and watch some of his matches, him and Johnny, and they were just were so on it. Yeah. They were just really good, and uh, I wish I could have seen more. I always, I always consider um, Trent like River Phoenix. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they, they all have potential. To, went somewhere, and and they all both, both of them died at a young age, and and it hurts. I, I remember yeah. Trent when he first started. So we had we had this company called Liberty All Star Wrestling. We run in the Delacour area, and we would all go to Bennigan's. Yep. There in Springfield, and we take up like the whole one back end of Bennigan's, and Trent would always go with us and eat and hang out and everything else. And he was like 15, 16 years old, and it was just who's this young kid? And then come to find out years later, very talented kid. Yeah, no, he, it was amazing. And we see a lot of young, good kids at H two O and right. other training areas, and we're yeah. like, wow, these kids are going to go right. somewhere. Yeah, if you get a chance, check out this H two O. I will. The, the um, hardcore stuff, I'm not big yeah. on, but um, but their undisputed stuff, like the kids right. stuff's good and stories, oh, yeah. and it's amazing. Um, the Dudleys. All of them. Uh, he wants to say everyone. Yeah. It's not to Dudley Dudley. Yeah. And, uh, so let's, maybe we, let's just let's just. Let's just push it into one group. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was going to make it a little bit bigger. But... Well, no, no, no. Hit me a yeah. side question. You were there when it was Dudley, Dudley, and Dudley, Dudley, right? Before Bubba and Devon. Dances yes, Dudley. Right. No, no, no. I'm yeah. talking the original Dudley gimmick. Yeah. The first Dudley's. Before all that. What was the dynamic was... behind all that with the original ones? Well, they wanted to always expand. The... It was always supposed to be a comedy chiller gimmick where they're like literally like the Hanson brothers from Slapshot. It's literally yes. that. Like, you know, it was Dudley Dudley, Little Snot, and Dances with Dudley and Big Dick Dudley came along and like, it was literally that. That's what it was supposed to be. And and then when they got Bubba in there, I think it well, let me take a step back. So it was always going to expand. It was supposed to be a lot more. Like, it was just going to be this ongoing running like joke of how many Dudleys there were. <laughs> um, but when Bubba got there, that kind of dynamic changed because he was more of the mold of what they wanted in terms right. of like somebody who could be like funny, but be a killer and not knocking Dudley Dudley or any of those guys. I thought they're great guys. I mean, Jeff Bradley, who was Dudley Dudley, is a really good guy. Um, nothing to do with that. Just a matter of what they wanted in terms of the gimmick. And so, so the how, initial intention was comedy killer, you know, how and, many Dudleys uh, were there total at one time? Yeah. Chubby. Um, well, at the the most at one time was me, Chubby, Dances, Dudley, Dudley, Big Dick, and Bubba. So six. Okay, and I mean we're friends and, with Bay, so yeah, yeah, yeah. We got and then Bay. people would kind of filter filter in and out. So yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then we got Bay on coming up um, very soon because right. we never did the battle royal with him, so we wanted no. to. Do <laughs> um, so next, I got Tommy Dreamer. I mean, I owe the world to him. He's one of the guys I trust the most. I mean, he's he's the definition of a true brother. It's not just the brother yeah. use of the word yeah. in wrestling. Um, him and I were friends before. Um, I was sign guy, and you know, I heard from him last week. So mm-hmm. there's not that many people in wrestling that you still keep in touch with when you're kind of out of it. Right. We, um, uh, I, we were at HOH one night, and Tommy's sitting there by the back curtain, and I'm like, Tommy, I'm going out the back door. He's like, who are you? I'm like, Tommy, you know me. He's like, Oh yeah, shit, Keener's little brother. I'm like, yeah, I'm going out the back door. He's like, 
Hurry. I'm like, okay. I went right behind you. Right. We park. Like, I know we're not supposed to, but we do it anyway. I'm like, go park in the back. They say anything to me, I'll tell them who I am. Nobody's going to say anything. Okay, go park in the back. Ever since I, I never left the back? Nope. I just parked back there anyway. We still park back there. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, Chris Hamrick. He's another guy I felt that was underappreciated in the mm-hmm. business. Innovator. I think. I mean, he put his body on the line for sure. You know, he uh, he did some insane shit. Especially with um, that bump. I thought, yeah, well, the bump was the notorious one, but now it's just like, you know, I can't imagine how his body feels. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that uh, I think had he had a bigger form, I think ECW was a great form for him. Um, that sounded strange, but I think that he uh, would have gone and had ECW kept going, he would have been a, a big part of that. Right. I mean, and he's a nice guy, so great guy. And I mean, he was a huge part of PWF too. So, yeah. No, I remember that. I just remember that. Um, you know, all my interactions with him were always positive, and I always thought he had such a cool look, and he could have done more. I think, but I was a big fan of him. Right. Um, oh wait, let me. I got one more after Chris Hammock. Tracy Smothers. Mm. Oh, I love Tracy. I just got his book, actually. Somebody gave yeah. it to me for Christmas. Um, he, uh, he, uh, it was actually uh, Ace Steel gave us all Tracy's book for Christmas. Um, what is the so, book called? Um, it's, uh, it's um, oh, fuck. It's, uh, <laughs> shit. It's, uh, I always say to, uh, to these guys, <laughs> oh, my God. It's I'll downstairs. Look, I'll, I'll, no, look, it's, I'll um, look it up. No, it's uh, something about it's one of his it's one of his fucking expressions that he always used to say, and uh, now you know, hold on, I got a screenshot of it. <laughs> as soon as I look at it, I'm going to be firmly embarrassed that I forgot it. I haven't read it yet, but um, oh yeah, every, uh, every if you don't buy this book, everybody dies. <laughs> <laughs> I looks like I'm going to buy this book. <laughs> well, we always used to up. say like if X Y Z happens, everybody dies. Like that's what he used to do. <laughs> Yeah. So, and, and that's why I knew it was one of his expressions. I just slipped my mind there. But, you know, again, Tracy was a great guy. And um, I had talked to him. I think a few of us had gotten in touch with him about two weeks before he passed away. So, we were uh, actually supposed to be on a show with him up in Ocean Gate, New Jersey. And he was around when he was getting very sick. So, Tommy showed up and Guido showed up. And it, it was really cool to sit there and talk to Tommy about Mid-South and USWA and all the old school stuff. So that was pretty awesome. Um, and we did, it, we did a podcast out there, too. It was, yeah. It was fun. Yeah. yeah uh, that's Sand, cool. Sandman. Who? Sandman. I, I, still fuck, I still fuck with Sandman to this day. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a... I always send him ridiculous text messages because he was in The Last Dance. Did you see that? Yes. He had, like, a cameo in The Last Dance. <laughs> So I just like I blast him with that shit. Like I was like, you made Pippin hate Jordan and all this <laughs> shit, <laughs> and like just like, and he's just like, what the fuck are you talking? Like he's he's done well again. Again, here's a yeah. guy who always had something else going on on the side. Sounds like him. <laughs> yeah. um, so no, he's. Uh, I, I think a lot of I think very highly of him. He's a very funny man. <laughs> my sister worked at the prison. Delco Prison or whatever it's called. One of the Yeah. yeah. Okay. She, did, she did booking and all that. And um, she told me she um, booked a pro wrestler because out for nowhere, he goes, I'm famous. And my sister's like, I don't yeah. care. Yeah. <laughs> and he's yeah. like, I work for ECW. My sister's like, I don't care. WWE, I don't care. 
And then she came home and told me about it because she knows I'm a wrestling fan. I was like, who yeah. was it? Because I'm thinking who lives in Delco yeah. and all that stuff. And and then I showed her a picture of Sandman. She's like, I don't know. He I different hair color or something like that. And Is he um, drunk? Yeah, he got I think he was drunk okay. when he got booked. But um yeah, it was it was kind of funny. She's just like, I don't care. <laughs> I'm like I was like, Thank you for telling me that story. Um it would have been help if you knew who he was. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, you had, had a fun time, man. That's for sure. Yeah, hey, great time. Um, Todd Gordon. I like Todd a lot. He helped me. Again, all these guys go back to some kind of helping me. Um, but Todd was the first guy I ever got in touch with after Gabe um, in ECW. And for Todd, it was about promoting the show that I, that I mentioned. And okay. him and I actually lived in the same town, which was funny. Wow. Um, and uh, – not that that matters, but we did. Uh, he, uh, well, we just knew a lot of the same people. But anyway, he, um, you know, he let me, I, he let me shoot ringside. He let me do things like that. That again, I wasn't really interacting with Paul, and so God let right. me do those things. And if he hadn't never let me do those things, who knows what would happen? Yeah. Uh, Casimir. I like Johnny, man. He's another guy that I wish, you know, I think he could have gone further in the business, also. I, and I know he's, you know, I don't know if he wrestles anymore or whatnot, but um, he had such he good charisma to, also. I, yeah. I know he tried to, but I think after uh, Trent passed, it yeah. was a little bit different. Yeah, he had, he had amazing charisma. And again, both those guys together, and I mean, you can think of them as individuals too. They both had their own thing going. And I yeah. like Johnny a lot too. I mean, I, we all all had personal relationships at one point. And, um, again, I think a guy who could have gone a lot further. Yeah, oh yeah, um, I agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jacko. Jack's the best, man. <laughs> him and I had so many – because we were promoters for ECW, too, like I mentioned, but he was with me, too, and him and I uh, – I mean, we spent the better part of two and a half years together six times a week. So yeah. um, we did uh, – we got our jobs done. Um, we promoted the hell out of the shows. They did well, and we um, – him and I had a, a great time together. Um, Because personally, him and I had a lot in common, which helped. And then, uh, you know, he's dependable, a great guy, nice guy, shirt off your back guy. Yeah, I remember. I mean, you know. I remember the one night we were at Academy Hall. I'm not sure if you were there, but he was there. And I walked up and I'm like, hey, so I was watching you on uh, WCW list. And he's like, was it the Pat O'Connor? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I I go back and I love watching Starcade 1991. Right. Battle kind of memorial tournament where mm-hmm. Rip Morgan and Jacko were the royal family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so. Uh, he's like, yeah, I remember that. That's so funny. No, right. he's, he's a great man. Oh, great guy. Great. So, Chris Daniels. Chris, I don't know that well, to be honest. I mean, um, I uh, I will tell you this. This is the one thing I'll say. I, I did work with him, um, but I just don't know him. He's had a hell of a run. I mean, he's still wrestling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Right? You know what I mean? He's so booking in the back, too. He's training. He was? He's one of the training. trainers for he's the AEW. Trainers. Oh, him, wow. That's awesome. It's, I think it's him, Jerry, and somebody else are the coaches for AEW. I think Billy Gunn. It's Billy, yeah, Billy's the head, I think. But yeah, I mean, Chris is like, it's perseverance, man. I mean, he was in ECW not that long, but. Through the years, he's always had a job, and he's been able to live off pro wrestling, which not everybody can do. I mean, very few right. can do, actually. Oh, yeah. um, so, I mean, he's, he's standing the test of time, and I think that's a 
testament to him. Again, I don't know him that well mm-hmm. at all, but I do know I see his name still. So yeah. he's and still out there, which I think is awesome. It was funny. I was at Ring of Honor one night when they were running at the Northeast Armory, and it was him and uh, I think it was when he was teaming up at Austin. And I go and I sit in the back waiting for my brother to come out, and Chris sits right next to me. He goes, hey, man. PWF, right? I'm like, yeah, yeah. Hi, brother. He's like, cool. This whole night's going to be PWF. Like, right. Yeah. Well, Carino brought in a lot of great people to PWF. Trust me. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's like, when I forget your name, I'm like, Dave. He's like, that's it. <laughs> um, that's funny. Yeah. Do you have uh, anything about punk? Who's that? CM. Oh, I, I never okay. heard of him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Phil's like one of Ooh. my best friends. I, I can't really say anything other than he's uh he's a great guy and i think uh i mean honestly i mean it's, it's hard to comment when you ask about phil or you ask about dreamer i mean phil i talk to you know a thousand times a day it's not he's, he's a great man and i think uh, what i'll do is i'll answer the question in a wrestling sense of <laughs> take the french the friendship out of it but what he did in the business was pretty unbelievable yes. and the things that he got away with and delivered on were pretty unbelievable and I, I you know i don't know where it goes now for him i think you know <clears throat> he has an amazing brand in and of himself right. and um and the stuff he's done outside the business you know it takes a lot of heart and uh, it- whether that be ufc or writing or comics and all this other stuff you know it's uh it's pretty inspiring to be honest because not that many people take risk you know yeah, he's like commentating and, for ufc now yeah he does one of the mma things and then you know i think that uh He's done great with that kind of stuff because he's just yeah. really good at it. And more so, he's passionate about it. Right. So I think he's the type of guy that I think if he devotes, you know, his passion to it, it'll, it'll deliver really well. Got That's a awesome. question about CM Punk there. Is yeah. it because of hockey that got you guys be friends? <laughs> um, no, we just knew each other. A, you know, he was at the PWF. That's where I met him. You okay. Know, he, was doing, he was doing PWF shows like the night after the Ring of Honor shows on I guess we were doing PWF on Sunday afternoon sometimes, and mm. or something like that. I think. Um, um, yeah, because we were doing PWU up in uh, Flyer Skate Zone too in the Northeast at one time as well. Yeah, well, I met him there, and we just kind of got along. But more so, when I was brought into WWE to do ECW, he remembered me from PWF, and we just got along. We just always, we just always have clicked. I mean, yes, hockey is a, a huge piece of it, but. That's just a piece of it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, That's pretty cool. That's how I became friends with Sierra. She's a hockey fan. Sucks that she's yeah. a Penguin yeah. fan, but... <laughs> <laughs> so am I. I, I noticed that. <laughs> All right. Uh, Ford talks to those Sydney. Um, I, I got it. <laughs> how about Scorpio? Uh, another guy, I've said this now four, three times, he did a lot for wrestling. On a personal level, yeah, him and I always got along fine. I only worked with him two or three times. Um, but he had a very innovative style in WCW when he first oh, yeah. broke in. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, he had, he had good, good swagger, good presence. But he still wrestles, to my knowledge. And uh, We are actually WCW. seeing him in uh, early February. He's on a show around here. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, you know, there's a guy, again, who's standing through a lot of time and is still around and still has a lot to offer. Um, my time with him in ECW was cool. He what? He can still move. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's always been, you know, I guess the one thing I would say is reliable. Reliable in the fact that you know you're going to get a good match. I, I can't think of a bad Scorpio match that I've seen. I can't um, he did a lot of cool stuff with CW. 
that was awesome. So yeah, no, it's awesome. Good. And I mean, even when it was him and Bagwell in WCW, that was. Yeah, I good. think that worked. <laughs> it worked. Yeah. <laughs> I met him once. It was because of George's mom, Mel. She sat down right next to him, and they started talking. And I, I'm just standing there. It's like, hey, you need any help? I'm like, no, I'm just listening. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that right? You keep your mouth shut and listen, right? Yeah, that's true. It's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, balls. Uh, I love balls, man. That was a tough one. That, that hit us all hard because that was really yes. out of the blue. Well, Candido hit me hard, too, that one. Well, Candido hit me, balls hit me, Brody just hit. I mean, mm-hmm. I didn't know Brody that well, but I knew him enough to, like, you know, it sucks. And I know, you yeah. know, his, the impact it has. Well, I don't know the impact it has on his family, but cause I'm not them. But no. I know it's brutal, you got, know. But uh, yeah, we got no bunch of the, uh, his friends too, and it's like, okay, yeah. I feel bad too. Well, he was yeah, he no. was CZW Shikara and all that yeah. around here. So yeah, yeah. My no, whole Facebook balls was, uh, balls was awesome, man. He was a, he was what you saw on on TV was him twenty four seven. You know, I, he's probably the most talked about guy still. That's unfortunately not alive. I mean, when we when me and Dreamer talk or me and Danny talk, it's, balls always comes up somehow. Or yeah, something he did, or just something in general. I always bring up Santa Claus. All yeah, the time. I was like evil Santa. <laughs> <laughs> I do that. I did that last week, actually. <laughs> it, it does. It does come up. Yeah, uh, Michael, awesome. Another one. Uh, there's another guy who I don't. I think what he did to ECW sucked. So I'll mm-hmm. start there. Um, but from a business point of view, he had to do what was best for him. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he definitely put us in a, in a terrible spot, but right. the guy died and the guy died because he had depression and anxiety and addiction issues and that sucks. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so when I look at it from that point of view, I mean, he was very alone at the end of his life and that, that, that part sucks to me. Oh, um, yeah. from a business standpoint, it's like, whatever. Um, I can't, I don't even hold that against anybody anymore cause you can't change it, but yeah. he was a big man who could move in the night. The first time he was ever in ECW, I believe, was '94, with JT Smith or something. He yeah. the way he could fly over the ring, like, oh, and I was JT familiar with this stuff. The, uh... Yeah, yeah, he got killed. Yeah, JT took <laughs> um, the, the backsplash. Oh, yeah. Like when you and see... he just. Yeah. Oh, so when you were talking about depression yeah. and all that, yeah. like the one person I always think of, like the happiest guy in the world, was Robin Williams. And yeah, and... yeah, of course. And I remember I um I was looking him up because like his show got canceled, and it wasn't that great, but uh, it was that there. Show? It was him with um Sarah Geller, and it was just weird. He was like, uh, he yeah, was involved. I mean, but like at the end of the day, the guy was a great worker, and yeah. you know he it was a big man. I knew his stuff from Japan, um, so I knew he'd be awesome. It's just sad how it all kind of ended. Yeah. Wasn't he in WCW at the end too? I believe so. I don't think yes. he was actively on the roster. I don't. I don't. I don't remember. Uh, George is saying, yeah. yeah, yeah. Which gimmick? That seventies guy, the, the fat chick thriller. Yeah. yeah, yeah oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. George is saying, yeah. He had like four gimmicks in WCW. Yeah. Yeah, they should have just kept him as he was, but right. Oh yeah. It was like John Tenta. John Tenta had like six gimmicks in WCW. I, I thought it was yeah. messed up when. Um, ECW made the character and they bring him over to WWE and you're like, oh, Taz is a not Taz anymore. It's like, yeah, I know. That's that's how it works, though. Right. It's not, you know, 
not how it is in ECW anywhere else. No. And well, one of my favorite guys, I know you worked with a lot, Joel Gertner. Uh, Joel, I wish Joel again, <laughs> again, could have gone a lot further in the wrestling business than he did. Yeah. Um, and whatever stopped him, I don't know. But I do know his mind is – and eventually when I was getting on the mic and doing things um, as Louie Dangerously and on a few times as a guy, I mean, that's tough as shit. And I would have to remember whatever I had to remember, but he had to remember shit that needed to rhyme. And like, he really needed to remember it. And um, I could wing it. You know what I mean? And he, uh, but look, he was, he, people, he delivered. Um, I thought for sure, for sure, he'd have a job somewhere in, uh, you know, either in WWF or WWE, I mean, WCW or something like that. I was, I was very surprised he didn't. Right. And I I knew they had talked. Yeah. and, And, I remember his name coming up when we were doing the ECW WWE thing, and I don't know what happened there, but something did, and it just never worked out for him. But um, yeah, man, what a talent! And you know what? Here's the thing: he could still do it. <laughs> he could still. He's a, he's not a wrestler. He didn't. I mean, he took bumps, but he could still do it. I don't know, you know, if it translates well anymore in this day and age because everything you say now is, you know, ridiculed. Yeah. yeah. And uh, <clears throat> but he still can talk. We so, saw him. Ne- never what? say never with. Him. We saw him at what Wildcat about two years ago. Yeah, and he still did those forty-five second promos. Yeah, <laughs> which was and also do it one on the... sentence. Yeah, he could do it uh, without even prepping. So right, that's uh, a really good talent. He's a funny guy. I spent a lot of time with him on the road too, so know him pretty well. Yeah. He got um, two more left. Richards. Oh, oh, me. No, not that much. Oh. <laughs> Stevie Richards. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Stevie helped me a lot in the beginning where when I was becoming a – when I was a photographer and I had expressed interest in learning more about the business, Stevie and I had become friends because we both lived in Philly. Um, we'd hang out a little bit. And then he used to bring me on the road outside of ECW. Um, maybe this only like one or two times, but – it was with Raven, and then I got to know Scotty really well, which ultimately helped me, unbeknownst to me, was helping me become sign guy, but that was never the plan. It was just like I just right. liked hanging out and, and learning. Um, so, yeah, you know, Stevie and I always got along. Again, I don't have much bad to say. I don't know you guys aren't looking for things, but he helped <laughs> a lot. You know, again, you come. it's funny because I was thinking about him yesterday because I remember I was watching – no, it's today. I was watching him and Meanie – or some, they did something in WWE and I was just watching it and I was like, I remember when he left and then he came back for like one show and then, <laughs> and then he left again and I was trying to remember the story of why that happened and I couldn't, but um, I still can't, but I know that he uh, he's a good guy, he's loved the business and here's a guy who's done like amazing things outside of the business, yeah. which again I said, yeah, but not a lot of people translate and can do things outside of the business, like he has this whole fitness thing going and whatnot and it's tough for guys. And I was on, I did an interview two, two weeks ago, I think. And I said, I wish there was more planning for a more opportunity for people in the business to learn other things because it's not, not everyone becomes a millionaire, you know, and some guys make a ton of money and then they lose a ton of money. It's just like, it's a very bad cycle. And here's a guy who, who did well by himself. So. Right. Oh, I agree. And I mean, the last one I got, I haven't heard from this guy since we were doing PWF. But I, I don't know if he's still wrestling or what happened to him, but Dylan Knight. I love Dylan back in the day, man. I have no idea what he does now. 
<laughs> I always thought missing yeah. yeah, yeah, they were awesome together, man. I loved, I loved those two guys. Um, but I, I, you know, again, PWF was awesome for him, and I remember me and Steve would always talk about how good he was. Um, yeah, well, but I, I have no idea whatever I enjoyed, happened. To him. I enjoyed every minute of the PWF because yeah. I mean the talent that came out of there because Low Key came up and he yep. did a couple of shows with us. Um, Evan Better was there. Quiet yep. Storm. The SATs started there pretty much. Red. There's a lot of a lot of good there, and Steve did really good by finding those guys, right. I think. And then capitalizing by... I remember Mike Johnson wrote an article on um, PW Insider, I guess it was, and he said that uh, it was like $12 tickets or something, and for $12, you get like three, two or three like main events that are probably ECW guys but you get an undercard of guys who were fucking awesome. And that's right. the guys you're talking about at the time who then became stars. And like, Steve had a really good formula there. And it's like, I wish that could gone, have gone further than it did, but it's definitely served the purpose. You know, well, and I, Dylan mean, I, was, I had fun. I mean, we, Dylan, Dylan had a lot going for me. He had a great look, you know, the pants and everything like that. It just looked good. And he was a solid worker and he had a great worker. attitude. And that's, that's where it all, comes down to. I mean, I've seen a lot of young guys who have shitty attitudes, and that doesn't help them. Right. You know, I mean, and he, he was not one of them. From from bringing in Nova to having Donnie B to having uh, yeah. Minoru Fujita to the Blue Boy. Yeah. And like And even like Jasmine Sinclair came in when he was with her. And I mean, it just, there was a lot of great fun and great times with PWF. Yeah. And I mean, it, it was enjoyed. And then I think there was a time when there was PWF Northeast, or PWF Maine or something like that. There was a whole other territory of PWF that jumped off later on. And yeah. It was fun. There's a lot of guys there that I remember that I just, it's funny because I think if that was happening now, a lot of those guys would get bigger jobs. Like Dylan Knight would have worked in ECW because he just would have like his work and his, like he's a very stoic kind of wrestler. And I remember that well, and that, that kind of shit works, you know, and you don't see a lot of that. But the thing about PWF too, is if you look at everybody who was there, they're all identifiable people. Like you just named people that you know, the gimmick right away. And I, you know, so not a lot of that anymore, but great list of people. Oh yeah, and like there, there's a guy out now who I know personally, and I've walked him down the ring and stuff like that. A, a guy named Chuck Payne. Now, Chuck reminds me of Tyler Maine. Yeah, because Chuck is about yeah, he does look like him. Right, Chuck is like six six, three ten. He's solid, but he's doing shit that guys that size really aren't supposed to do, but he's doing it. Really well. Like, he's sitting there and he's doing moonsaults off the top rope and he's doing shooting stars. And he's doing storylines. Really good. Yeah. And storylines. He's doing really good storylines. He had a fireball into the face and, like, now he wears a mask like Kane. You know? Great storyline. Yeah. But you don't see that anymore. You really don't see the storylines. You don't see the build ups like you used to. But, you know? Yeah, no, there's no. That's that's what I mean. What I was saying earlier about my pet peeves. Right. You know, you can't. It's everything's just paid off too quickly, and that also goes with build up. So. Yeah, we we went to a show and they're like, "Oh, hardcore match." I'm like, 
How did you get to the hardcore match? Mm-hmm. What happened? Where's the build up? Tell me the story, please. Right. I've never been there yeah, before. Yeah. I don't know why you're doing an automatic ladder match. Why is there... Where, where did they come about? Five why is there a now? cane? Tell me about right. the cane. <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me something. But on that note... So, thank you for coming on. Um, I got a couple things to ask you before you go off. Because okay. we, we had some fun here. This is awesome. Yeah. You are the season premiere. Thank you for doing that. Wow. Yeah, yeah that was my whole one. reason. Yeah, oh. we had it planned. We're going to bring a Dudley in and have an all Dudley this year again. <laughs> Try to get all the Dudleys in the world. You know what I mean? Don't worry. <laughs> um, I know at least three we can't get. Yeah. <laughs> but before we end our show, um, can you say um, you're listening to the 2300 Wrestling Podcast and blah, 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 whatever you want to say? Yep. You can tell yep. You can tell them how bad we are with <laughs> About Dave Keener and how much we want to rib him, stuff like that. Snakes, planes, and airplanes, whatever you want to do. I always wing these, so something will come out. Okay. I like that part. Uh, So I'm going to end this now. I am DB Richards. I'm Dave Keener. And this is the 2300 Wrestling Podcast. And we'll see you in the ring. ring. And you can do whatever you need to do. Go ahead, Lou. This is Lou D'Angeli, a.k.a. Sign Guy Dudley, a.k.a. Louie Dangerously. And whenever I go on a podcast, I try to stay away from the 2300 podcast as much as possible. Unfortunately, they suckered me here, so enjoy. <laughs> Thank you very much. Oh, Thank this you, was Lou. wonderful. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. No problem. Let me know when you're gonna when you're going to put it up, and I'll make sure. To, I am uh, going to edit it this week and then put it out. Yeah. I'll definitely I'll awesome. tell you in it. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. Thank you, Lou. Cool. Take Thank care, you. guys. I, I hope it. 